0: This is Remembering Yugoslavia, the show exploring the memory of a country that no longer exists. I'm your host, Peter Korchnak. As an explorer of Yugoslavia's memory, I mostly deal with the fallout of Josiboros Tito's decisions from World War II to his death in 1980, and with how he has been remembered and perceived and represented since 1991. Along with this study, I've formed a fair picture of Tito's life. After all, you can't study Yugoslavia's history without tracing his life as well. But a couple of years ago, I decided to make it official, and I finally read the latest biography of Yosibros Tito in English, Tito and His Comrades, by Joze Pirievets. Then I saw a different Tito biography on the desk of its co-author, Professor Ivo Goldstein in Zagreb, and I tumbled down the rabbit hole. Biographies of Tito, of course, emerged while he was still alive. Howard Fast, Vladimir Dedier, Ruth Frencher, Fitzroy Maclean, Vinko Winterhalter, and most notably Phyllis Otti wrote about Tito at different stages of his life. Milovan Gillas and Ruth Schiffman dropped their books in the 80s, and Stevan Pavlovich, Jasper Ridley, Boško Vukčević, and most notably Richard West in the 1990s. That's a dozen in the last 60 years of the 20th century, or on average one every five years. The trend has continued into this century. I'm counting four additional biographies of Tito published since 2000 out there. One, Tito, Life and Times by Neil Barnett in 2006, 2. Tito, a biography by Jeffrey Swain in 2010. 3. The aforementioned Tito and his comrades by Joze Pirjevec, published in 2011 in Slovenian and 2018 in English. And 4. Tito by Slavko and Ivo Goldstein in 2015. This one is so far in Croatian and Slovenian only. So, more than a generation after Tito's death, biographies of the Yugoslav statesman keep appearing apace. Why is that? What else is there to say about Tito, his life and his legacy? And how do all these books on the same subject of historical record differ? In today's episode of Remembering Yugoslavia, biographies and biographers of Josip Broz Tito. I've talked to the authors of three of the four biographies of Josip Broz Tito published since 2000 about their motivations for writing, about how their books are distinct, and, of course, about Tito himself. Josip Jugashvili, Vladimir Dedier, and Phyllis Auti also make an appearance. And so it's not just all words about books about the man, I'll intersperse the interviews with songs about him. One song in many variations, to be more precise. In World War II and in socialist Yugoslavia, a number of songs were produced praising Tito. Few were as prominent and popular as Uzmarshala Tita, or With Marshal Tito. The 1943 song praises Tito, the heroic son, as the fearless leader of fearless Slavic fighters raising their fists at slanderers and then up into the sky i found no fewer than 11 versions of the song. I'll kick things off with Kids Pop Hall Choir's rendition I recorded at their practice in Podkorica. In addition to three instrumentals of various styles, you'll then hear an English version of Unknown Provenance, a Slovak version by an unknown Vojvodina Choir, a metal version by the band Chávez, another wild remix, a remix by Young Bosnia, a version sung during Tito's visit to North Korea, and finally a popular choral version. I've embedded all these tunes in the episode blog post, which you can find at RememberingYugoslavia.com slash podcast. Before we get to it, like all the past and upcoming episodes of Remembering Yugoslavia, this episode is brought to you by you. Thank you to everyone who has signed up to support me and Remembering Yugoslavia on Patreon. Today I welcome new supporters Jenny, Sunyin and Sonja. If you like the show and wish to support its production, join these generous people at Patreon.com slash Remembering Yugoslavia. Or donate one time at paypal.me slash remembering you. That's remembering why you. motivates historians at the end of their careers, no less, to write about Josip Broz Tito, who died in 1980. Historian Ivo Goldstein at the University of Zagreb, whom you may remember from episode 13, Croatia's Political Tragedy, co-wrote the book Tito with his father Slavko, who died in 2017. Why?
1: Because uh, as I was professor of the Croatian history of the 20th century, that uh, history, particularly that of uh, the history, history of the Second World War and the history of socialistic Croatia is in fact uh, reflected in the biography of Tito. And Tito's biography is reflected in the uh, Croatian history of that period. So uh, speaking or analyzing, writing about the uh, general Croatian history or writing about Tito. And then I started to analyze, to, to, to think what is behind? Where is that Tito? Who is Tito? How to approach uh, his biography? Was he dictator or was it was he liberal? was he a communist or a liberal communist? How to see how to define Titoism and that was what he created in socialistic Yugoslavia, etc etc. So there is a list of questions which I tried to put on the table and try to answer them.
0: For Jeffrey Swain, a retired history professor at the University of Glasgow, the roots of his project go deep into the beginnings of his career studying communism, particularly in Russia.
2: I thought, you know, why not? (laughs) I'd always been interested in Tito and I'd done earlier work and thought, yeah, it would be nice to write about the whole of his life rather than just his uh, early career, which is what I'd concentrated on before. I'd written earlier about his career in Uh, before becoming leader of the party and um, in the 1920s, 1930s. And uh, so I thought, yes, follow it through. That would be a good idea. So I agreed to do it. And at one level, it was as simple as that. In a way, it all goes back to to the 1970s, going on holiday to Yugoslavia, uh, the summer of 1970, when, as a student, a bunch of us took a camper van to Yugoslavia and trekked around and really, A, had a good holiday but B, realised that this was not like the Soviet Union which I had previously visited and which I went back to quite frequently during my uh, early academic career. Um, There was something different about it, certainly the economy functioned better. So the notion that uh, Yugoslavia might offer some sort of different version of what the socialist system was supposed to be, that was always sort of there throughout the 1970s. We regularly had holidays in Yugoslavia. Tito's fate, what was going to happen, was, was always of interest to me. Mm-hmm. I then uh, worked for three years at the BBC Monitoring Service It was just after Tito had died that I arrived. In fact, he might have arrived just before he died. I I I can't remember exactly. But the monitoring service was suddenly flooded with a huge amount of material on Yugoslavia. Uh, And nobody else in the office really wanted to deal with it. Uh, So I said, oh, OK. I mean, you know, I I was quite happy to go through this pile of stuff that was written in a strange um, self-management jargon that uh, Yugoslavia had adopted in the last years of the regime. Organisations of associated labour and all these things had, had acronyms and it was all quite hard work to wade through and try and find what was important. But I quite liked doing it. It meant I worked by myself. And so when I got back into academic life, I thought, well, perhaps I'd take the Yugoslav stuff more take it further. Um, Why not? I had this strange vision that I would uh, take my family out to Yugoslavia for the summer. They would be on the coast. I would be in an archive in Belgrade and come down at weekends and it would all be much sunnier than sitting in Russian archives (laughs) and getting increasingly frustrated by Russian bureaucracy. Of course, it didn't quite work out like that because Yugoslavia fairly quickly began to collapse and disintegrate. But it, that's what got me started on, on, on Tito's early career. He got me started and, and, and then things took off from there.
3: With great Marshal Tito, Ireland's bravest hero, will be even stronger than hell. We raise our head bravely and not hung down bravely. We clinch our fists hard as well. And not hung down bravely And clinch off his heart as well We're from an ancient tribe But cause we don't ascribe As we're children of ancient slaughter. He who says otherwise Merely slanders and lies And surely will face our wrath He who says otherwise Merely slanders and lies And surely we'll face our wrath All fingers on our hands will fight to save our lands As the partisans are always spry. When we die we don't cry To the sun or the sky We just raise our fists on high When we die we don't cry to the sun or the sky, we just raise up this sun high!
0: Of the three biographies we're discussing today, I only read Josip Pirjevec's Tito and his Comrades. A Slovene born and living in Treste, Italy, Pirjevec too has been working on his book for a while.
4: I am actually working on Tito since 1978. I started then when, uh, in um, Great Britain, they opened the archives uh, related to uh, tito stalin split uh, in uh, 1948, and uh, I wanted to see what the reaction of the uh, Western powers, especially uh, Great Britain and uh, United States, of course, how they reacted to this uh, split, how they actually uh, considered uh, this uh, event. And so I, I, I wrote uh, a book on this, and uh, from this time I am working only on Yugoslavia because uh, it seems to me so interesting. The, the, the Yugoslav experiment is for me so appealing that uh, I, I cannot uh, leave it in some way. Uh, and of course, uh, Tito's uh, biography was uh, a normal step in this direction. I have just published another book on Yugoslavia on the partisans and I am I am planning another book on Yugoslavia it's a book uh, um, entitled uh, on the search of uh, socialism with a human face I will try to to show how the Yugoslavs especially Kardeli of course tried to find another kind of socialism different from the Soviet socialism right. and they rediscovered, in my opinion, the European roots of Marxism. They didn't succeed, of course, but um, the experiment is, uh, in my opinion, um, very, very interesting. Uh, So as you see, um, I'm in some way in, in love with this history.
0: All three biographies took some 40 years to write.
1: My father wrote uh, first uh, version of biography of, of Tito till uh, 1937 in 1981. He had an ambition to to write Tito's biography till the end, but as he was working very hard, he wrote uh, that first version in 1981, it was published by uh, one of the leading magazines, weekly magazines, in five or six uh, parts. At one point, I I saw that uh, text. That means after 25 or even 30 years, and I told my father, you see, you have first version. It's not a uh, text which you can publish today any longer, but it can be a, a basis. So my father upgraded it in many aspects, and I... Worked on the uh, Tito's biography from 37 till, till uh, his death. So, um, we published it in Zagreb in 2015. Then we had Serbian and we had Slovenian edition. Unfortunately, we didn't uh, manage to uh, sell it abroad. There is, uh, uh, biography of Tito. We, in a way, uh, came two or three years after his biography and he succeeded because there was lacking a good biography of Tito. He filled that uh, space and uh, in a way where the publishers were saying, listen, we have uh, recently published or somebody recently published uh, Tito's biography, so we are not interested.
2: When did I start the book? About 2005. That that, that was all done... Remotely. The, okay. One of the things about Glasgow University Library is that uh, it is very well funded in Central and East European studies. And although they hadn't kept the library completely up to date throughout the 1970s and 80s, they had Yugoslav scholars there who had subscribed to all the basic journals. Uh, and, and newspapers. So, uh, reading runs of, of journals, reading runs of newspapers, you could just do from 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 Glasgow. It, it, mm. it was all there. There wasn't any need to go to go back right. to Yugoslavia to do that. Okay. It's all based on rereading of um, uh, materials and uh, my brain. I was always interested in it. Uh, in Yugoslavia is a communist experiment as much as just a Yugoslav experiment.
0: these biographies different from one another. After all, they all cover established historical facts. Having read just one of them, I can't offer my own take, so I let each author give me theirs.
1: It is difficult uh, to assess other biographies. First of all, um, many of those good biographies which were written before were not taking account uh, the last uh, periods of Tito's life for example, Dedia's biograph- biography and some others uh, which were published abroad, or didn't take into account the post-Tito developments after Tito's death, which are also very important for understanding Tito's personality and his, uh, his politics. In certain aspects, Pilyev's biography is a good one. In certain aspects, we saw Tito's person and his biography in a different manner. Pirevets was living in Italy. He didn't fully understand the challenges and uh, everyday life in the communist society. So this is what he was lacking. Although he was living in Trieste, that is on the border with Yugoslavia, I think that this atmosphere, this uh, whole concept of living and surviving in the communist society and living under Tito gives us... uh, Uh, let's say, advantage of uh, how to understand Tito compared to what uh, Piliowicz was saying and uh, writing?
4: I would say that uh, I have uh, done uh, um, a very extensive uh, research in the archives. I have been in Moscow, in the Russian archives, in, of course, in Yugoslavia, in Belgrade, uh, Zagreb, uh, and Ljubljana, uh, where they have uh, a large uh, amount of documents uh, collected uh, by uh, Vladimir Dedier, who was uh, the first uh, biographer of Tito. And uh, then I was, of course, uh, for many, many years uh, in London, I go uh, always to Germany when I start a new book and, uh, of course, uh, also in um, uh, Washington where I have seen actually thousands of uh, CIA papers, in general, uh, the the, um, American uh, diplomatic uh, documents. Uh, So this is the main, let's say, characteristic of my book. It is based uh, on enormous... Uh, archival research. This is important for me. I, I, uh, I mean, uh, at least I can use these languages. I can read them if I don't speak them. I am able to use these languages. I would say about six or seven languages, <laughs> which is is very important for for a historian. <laughs>
2: I tried to distance myself from the sort of Ort, he, he was a great man, uh, and then the sort of reverse of that. He was the you know the, the worst sort of horror that ever fell on Yugoslavia. And I, I tried to tried to take him seriously as a communist politician and as a politician more generally. And uh, I certainly strove to be judicious and balanced. Uh, I'm not sure you can say that of some of the other biographies because they do tend to take a rather pro or anti, anti-line. anti mm-hmm. um, And I wasn't interested in his marriages, his love of wealth and all that sort of thing. I mean, it, they come up in the biography, but I don't go on a, about them. They, 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 mm-hmm. they, they see less important than Mm -hmm. sort of trappings of power rather than uh, Mm -hmm. anything else. I think that's what I try to do. Uh, I wouldn't claim that I necessarily achieved it all.
0: A review described your book as sympathetic to Tito.
2: It is sympathetic because I I was certainly sympathetic to the project, the project of trying to build an alternative um, to Stalin's communist state, one that uh, at least tried to get closer to some of Marx's ideas about workers being in charge or having some responsibility for their their own destiny, trying to see workers control as a, as a, as a practical um, way of uh, confronting alienation. If alienation is intrinsic to capitalist society, well, can you overcome it? Is there some way? Certainly the Soviet system created a different way of alienating people's labor. Uh, so I, at, a, at a sort of theoretical level, I was interested in the project. I hope I wasn't blinded to the failings and well, the ultimate failure of, of the experiment.
0: Hi there, it's me, Peter Korchnak, the creator and producer of Remembering Yugoslavia, with a peek at the making of the podcast. I interview people across the Balkans and beyond, and do a great deal of research to bring you the stories of this podcast two to four times a month. It is your support that makes this reporting possible. It is you who can help keep alive the memory of the country that no longer exists. Ensure I can cover the next important story by supporting me on Patreon please go to patreon.com slash rememberingyugoslavia to become a monthly supporter. Or donate one time at paypal.me rememberingyou. That's remembering YU. All right, back to Tito. Tito's life since World War II cannot be separated from the history of socialist Yugoslavia. So reading a biography of Tito means reading the history of the country. I want to hear how Tito's biographers perceive him, their assessments and interpretations of the man.
2: You can't separate the two, and as soon as he dies, there's the question immediately, how can Yugoslavia survive this? And uh, you know, obviously, it, it wasn't inevitable that it would degenerate into such ghastly fighting, but it was an obvious question, uh, what's holding this together? If it's not Tito, when he goes, how's it all going to hang together? So you you really have, uh, you write a biography of
4: Tito, but you're really writing about Yugoslavia in a, from <clears> the <throat> beginning to the end. Yugoslavia was uh, unable to survive. Uh, nobody was um, so strong and uh, so intelligent to keep Yugoslavia together because it was a uh, uh, too complicated uh, country uh, with uh, um, uh, nationalities, uh, that had different memories, different uh, histories, uh, different religions, uh, and so on. Uh, So, in my opinion, the disappearance of Yugoslavia was necessary. But I think that this endeavor, this struggle of Tito and uh, his comrades to find another way of Socialism To create a society which should be just for everybody is still in some way important. As I told you, they failed. They were not able, actually, to evolve into a democratic, free society. And this is the biggest mistake of Tito Tito at a certain point blocked this uh, development Uh, we had uh, at uh, the end uh, of the 60s at the beginning of the 70s in yugoslavia a very interesting uh, let's say political situation where young people very intelligent uh, capable leaders were trying to transform the country in a democratic country Tito has stopped this so that uh, he was not without faults. I I, I would even say that he has, uh, at the the very end, he has created Yugoslavia, but he has also ruined it.
1: Tito's Yugoslavia uh, made possible for those different nations to cooperate or to, in a way, to balance their politics in the war and after the war, we see that those nations simply cannot live together without, uh, let's say, a person who is above all this uh, trying to compromise uh, among them. So uh, uh, when Tito died, uh, I assessed him much uh, uh, worse than I am assessing him today. I think that he was capable with his tools as a communist, as a Bolshevik, as uh, if you want. He had certain tools. He has certain capabilities to keep these uh, nations together and to keep them um, uh, in a state where no big uh, conflicts will erupt. Without him, it wasn't possible.
3: the Central Committee of the Communist Party of i and the President of the Socialist and Republic of Yugoslavia, the the of Zalatita, junač koga sija, nas neće li pa kao Mi dišemo čelo, mi kročimo bez. Mi dišemo čelo, mi kročimo smjelo, švrsto bez.
0: Jeffrey Swain focused his angle on Tito on what he calls the trappings of power.
2: To discover that he had huge wealth and that sort of thing, that doesn't really bother me too much. It just seems that that's what leaders do. He liked uniforms. I mean, he he liked dressing up. As a young man, he liked fencing and dancing, and that's just part of his nature. And when he became... A statesman he liked all the trappings of power, wearing uniforms, having all these I mean it got absurd he had so many palaces and and, and things i the last time I was in Belgrade it must have been about two thousand and thirteen I was taken around the repository, the repository of the Tito museum where they had all the sort of junk that he had been given throughout the years. I mean, Mm -hmm. dress uniforms are on display in the museum, but in, in the repository there's just all sorts of stuff that had been accumulated over the years which they weren't very sure what to do with.
0: Coincidentally, I also visited Belgrade in 2013, and the Museum of Yugoslavia, which Swain is talking about, held an exhibition of some of the gifts Tito had received during his life, from foreign heads of state down to Yugoslav workers' collectives.
2: The thing to remember, at least my argument, is the thing to remember about Tito is that he is brought up a Leninist. This concept of the disciplined party is what's drummed into him, is what he experiences in in Russia, is what seems to uh, enable the party to survive in the 1920s and 1930s. And he's very loath to... Think that the party can have outgrown its usefulness, and that's the uh, sort of crunch point for him. He's not a theorist, but he is interested in creating a socialist society that's different to the one that Stalin had created. Um, he, I mean, he you know, he is in Moscow at the height of the purges. He does know that uh, it's not quite a workers' paradise. Yeah, I mean, I think Tito was always torn. He's in 48, he's ab- absolutely clear that Stalin's ambitions are malevolent and that they've got to resist, but he doesn't want to cast it as an ideological dispute, although it is an ideological dispute. It's, it's very clearly that. And he's absolutely determined to resist, and yet, if, once Stalin has gone, the Soviet Union had opened up genuinely and had been prepared to uh, really treat Yugoslavia as an equal, or, or even uh, adopt some of the Yugoslav ways, I think he would have been delighted. I think he was hopeful that something would come of Khrushchev, something would come of the Prague Spring, there really might be some other way. So, yes, he's, he's, he's determined to be independent, But that independence was always in the context of of trying to
4: create a better Mm -hmm. socialist system. Yugoslav history is uh, so tragic and so dramatic, but also so epic, so uh, full of uh, events and drama, that uh, it is appealing for me at least. Uh, Surely, uh, Yugoslavia, I mean the socialist Yugoslavia, has been created by Tito. Tito was uh, the origin of the partisan struggle, uh, which was um, very important and exceptional in some way. Because, uh, uh, imagine, from a guerrilla, uh, this struggle developed into um, an organized um, army. Uh, which uh, was uh, um, in some way a link between the Eastern Front uh, and the Western Front, between the Red Army uh, uh, on the Balkans, for instance, and on the other side, the uh, Anglo-American troops uh, uh, in uh, in Italy. Uh, So I have the impression that actually this partisan uh, episode uh, is in some way neglected in the frame of the Second World War. From this epoch, the new Yugoslavia started to to grow. The communists tried to build a perfect society, but they, of course, didn't succeed.
0: Tito's Cold War policy of non-alignment positioned Yugoslavia as a world power in a way. It is this foreign policy achievement that continues to fascinate historians.
4: Tito was the first to see the danger of the existence of two blocks, of two enemy blocks, western and eastern. And he said we have to overcome this situation And therefore, he tried to create this uh, uh, movement uh, of uh, Asian African countries, uh, which uh, uh, were liberating themselves from uh, colonialism and succeeded in some way. Uh, Tito was, uh, in the the end of the 50s, uh, during the 60s and the 70s, a very important uh, person on the international level, in my opinion especially because he was able to go in touch to people in Africa, to people in Asia and also Latin America as equal. And this was something completely new. The white man was used to go to these countries as a missionary, as especially as a colonialist. Tito had another attitude. And therefore, he was so extremely uh, successful. Um, I, I, I suppose that uh, this um, um, this story has still to be written. By the end of his life, the
2: non-aligned movement is an important player on the world stage. Uh, and there are those huge congresses that he likes to attend, and he, you know, he, he loved going off on jaunts around the world, really. Uh, you could argue that he should have focused a bit more on what was happening in Yugoslavia rather than jetting off. I mean, there were long there were periods in the 1970s, certainly when uh, crises were developing, and they couldn't really discuss them because Tito was off on one of his trips and um, you know, then he might have been better not to be on those trips
3: Young
0: So what is Tito's legacy? What did he leave behind? What are the long-term effects of his life and works?
2: His funeral is supposed to have been attended by more world leaders than any other state funeral. I don't know whether that's true or not, but uh, he was one of the last war leaders to die. Uh, Part of his legacy is, is, is victory, victory in the Second World War. Uh, he plays a a crucial role there but that in a way that wasn't what he wanted his legacy to be what's his legacy his legacy should have been a thriving socialist yugoslavia and that doesn't happen and so you have to ask what legacy was there is 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 ultimately his legacy is a failure because the system he created could not survive him i mean the 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 reforms of the 1960s are abandoned. The contortions of rotating presidencies and this, that and the other, I couldn't see how they could work at the time. Uh, and with retrospect, it seems even more unlikely that they were going to work. And the inequalities that developed between the various states of Yugoslavia, the failure to impose some effective centralising authority So it's a a terribly complex legacy, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Because he's not going to agree to democratise, he's not going to allow the party to evolve, it is his personality that ends up holding the, the, the state together rather than anything else. In the end, you have to blame Tito himself because... Like every other ruler who's unwilling to retire, he didn't retire. He should have retired in 1960, I don't know,
4: 65, 66, something like that. Tito was uh, an extremely colorful person. He had uh, a great charisma, an enormous charisma. And uh, was um, actually very popular in Yugoslavia, although I recognize that he was a dictator. I am in some way critical towards Tito. I don't uh, adore him. (laughs) I see his uh, faults and uh, his uh, mistakes. Since Tito is such a colorful personality, it's appealing also outside. Uh, the borders of ex uh, uh, Yugoslavia. Many people do remember him and uh, want to know something about uh, his life. When I, for instance, uh, I'm going often to Germany or Austria uh, or uh, let's say to other countries in Europe and also in India, in uh, Arab countries and so on. If I say I am from Slovenia, Nobody knows in Asia or in Africa or where Slovenia is. But I, I say I am from Yugoslavia and the, ah, they say Tito. They still remember Tito in some way as a person who tried to overcome this terrible gap between rich North and the poor South. And this is the message. Tito has left, which is, in my opinion, still very important and very actual.
1: The public is uh, divided. There are extremists who are accusing Tito of genocide against the Croats at the end of the war, which is uh, senseless, because Tito was a Croat. He couldn't commit genocide uh, against its own people. I think that the Croats, many or majority, at least, these that Tito was a great person of the world politics of the 20th century. On one hand, on the other hand, uh, many youngsters mostly are losing the interest for Tito living their own lives, uh, uh, not understanding that Tito is still uh, still an important person for everyday life in Croatia, because despite all the the problems, all the uh, mistakes which he did, and Socialistic Yugoslavia did, Tito created a society where Ambitions of uh, different nations were in a way limited and uh, uh, balanced. And uh, he created a country in which, uh, for some time, we could live, uh, let's say, a relatively normal uh, life. <laughs>
0: of memory politics, I'm fascinated by that special kind of nostalgia, nostalgia for Tito, that Mitya Valikonia has termed and documented in Tito Stalgia. Given his somewhat controversial legacy, how would you explain this phenomenon?
2: Well, I think it's inevitable, really. I mean, (laughs) if you look at the former Soviet Union, the nostalgia, uh, Brezhnev nostalgia is in a way what that Putin is relying on to uh, to remain in, in power, uh, this sense of order and predictability that apparently existed under Brezhnev uh, is, is is what he's after. And looking back in, in in the contemporary lands of former Yugoslavia, to something that appeared stable and and a, appeared to work, which it I mean, it didn't only appear to work, it, it did, it, it, it provided a, a high standard of living for uh, the, the population, not compared to America, of course, not compared to Western Europe, but compared to other uh, developing countries and e- even uh, Portugal, to a lesser extent, Spain maybe, but those countries were emerging from dictatorship. There there is a a real reason why people might be
4: nostalgic for it. It is um, necessary to recognise that the experience the different um, Yugoslav peoples have done after the disappearance of Yugoslavia is not very pleasant. I speak often uh, with my, my friends, for instance, in Ljubljana, and they say, But actually, we lived better under Tito's regime than we are living today. This disappointment is quite important uh, to understand the survival of Tito's popularity.
0: The persona of Yossip Tito the cult of his personality, and his afterlife in the popular imagination continue to fascinate me. Don't get me wrong, you won't see me wearing a t-shirt with his likeness, but the 2020 calendar of the Yossi Brostito Association of Yaitse featuring a photo of his on every two-month leaf hung in my studio all last year. On Facebook and Instagram, I like and follow as many Tito fan pages and profiles as I can, but you won't see me share or repost any of it. I read one biography of the man, but that's pretty much all I can manage, for another few years anyway. I secretly wish my disappeared homeland, Czechoslovakia, had a Tito of our own, rather than the parade of apparatchiks we had to endure. And I quite openly wish that, in the absence of regime overthrow, we had gone Titoist after Stalin died. It wasn't meant to be, of course. My lesson, my personal take on Tito's legacy is this. You can go your own way whether it's another lonely day on the other end as you get squeezed between pressures from all sides, or whether you start a new movement is up to you. But don't let no Stalin boss you around. In all seriousness, Tito may be long dead, but what he created and what he destroyed lives on. Let's keep exploring all of that together. Next time on Remembering Yugoslavia. Yeah, before I photographed, I think nobody was interested in it. The explosion in the popularity of Yugoslav socialist monuments, the Spomenici, can be traced to a man from Belgium. A man from France has chipped in too. On the next episode of Remembering Yugoslavia, Spomenici and the photographers who photographed them. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to make sure you don't miss out. That's all for this episode of Remembering Yugoslavia. Thank you for listening. Find additional information, songs played, and a transcript at rememberingyugoslavia.com podcast. In the past couple of weeks, several appreciative listeners told me they'd been telling their friends about the Remembering Yugoslavia podcast. Do you have a friend who might like the show? Tell him about it. Outro music courtesy of Robert Petric. Additional music by Pa and Petar Alargic licensed under Creative Commons. All versions of Uzmar Tita played strictly for educational commentary purposes. Special thanks to Young Bosnia and Bojan Aleksic of Chávez for the song permissions. I did my best but was unable to locate authors or performers of the other tunes. Tito helped me. I am Peter Korchniak. Ciao! <coughs>